Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thanks for joining me for another wonderful conversation. This show really is designed to uplift, to transform, to inspire you, to really allow us to reconnect to the power we have and to the oneness that we are a part of. So it's an opportunity to have uh, very interesting conversations on many facets of our spiritual well-being and our spiritual journey and our spiritual self. And today we're going to be talking about the healing power of plants and aromatherapy. And we have, as my guest today, Amy Anthony, we're going to be talking about aromatherapy, wellness, and happiness. And I just want to share a little bit about Amy. Amy is a certified clinical aromatherapist and aromatic gardener who left her career in marketing research to pursue what is closest to her heart, working with plants. As a certified aromatherapist, aromatherapy educator, herbalist, gardener, certified master composter, and artisanal distiller, Amy is one of New York City's top aromatherapy practitioners, host of the Essential Aromedica podcast. Amy also tends her own aromatic garden on the Norfolk of Long Island, North Fork of Long Island, where she distills her unique products. So uh, it's my great pleasure to welcome Amy Anthony to the show. Amy, it's so good to have you here. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. I'm excited to be here. Well, I love talking about aromatherapy and plants and nature and the healing that they offer us. I I have about 100 different bottles of essential oils I've collected over the years. You know, and uh, they're part of my life. Uh, you know, every morning I choose an oil and put it in some body oil and put it on, or I I put it into my shower. Or I, fortunately, I don't have a bathtub. <laughs> I take a bath with them as well. But um, but they have become a part of my life, and I um, I, I just love working with oils. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about: the healing power of of scent and of the gift that these plants have given us for our well-being. But before we do that, Amy, let's talk a little bit about you and your journey and how you found your way to this purpose, this calling in your life. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's it's a fun story. I think many of us have been on this path of I've come full circle to doing what I need to do in my life, and I grew up outside in the Hudson Valley of New York and just outside gardening and weeding and my mom would be like go outside and help me you know do yard work and I I loved it and it was just a part of me and I think many people feel that way and you know life happens and I'm our family moved and whatever I became a grumpy teenager but regardless when I was a grumpy teenager at the age of 15 I planned my first herb garden and like the plants were always really important. And I decided to move to New York City um, to go to college and continue, continue my uh, college degree here in New York because I wanted to be by culture and art, and that's still really important to me. But when I moved here, I knew I was ungrounded as soon as I moved here. I was living off the ground, literally. I had no nature around me, so I was always trying to find a way to connect with nature 
And, you know, I got the corporate job in market research, which to this day I, I love. I, I, there's a place for market research. Um, but, you know, long fast forward, I was not happy. I have a very lovely spouse, and I was like, I'm not happy. I, I just can't do this anymore, and I quit my J-O-B. And then um, the essential oils found me, as I like to say, around the year of 20. 2011, let's say. I can't put my finger on it, but I, it's always like a, there's a, like a bottle of rosemary or peppermint in. I was putting drops in our humidifier. And I was like, what is this stuff? I must know more. And then um, I became obsessed. Sounds like you too. You're like, I just have these oils. They're in my life. I need more of them. And they become a part of your life. And when you find the oils, you don't turn back. And I was curious. I wanted to know what they are, how they work, how do you obtain them, what, what's in this. And then I needed to become certified. At the time, I couldn't tell you why. And that just started it. It started um, suddenly I was asked to teach. Suddenly, you know, I, it just led me down to this path of being with plants in this very concentrated way. So I can exist in New York City one reason is because I work with essential oils, and I, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, and just one as an aside, full disclosure, and you said it before, we have a house on Long Island as well, so I am very grateful for that. I don't think I could live in New York City, honestly, with just essential oils. I am able to leave um, on a constant basis. So that's that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love the fact that the you know that the the plants found you, right? You know, yeah. and uh and directed this journey, this this uh journey where you're really serving um from, you know, from that healing perspective and of service to others. Uh, let's talk a little bit about nature because mm-hmm. there is a growing awareness uh, and certainly in my in my world, in my sphere, of the power of nature and how uh, we are so connected. We are part of it. We are nature. Our bodies are nature. And um, the fact that the more we acknowledge that and connect with it, for, for instance, I, you know, through what I've been learning, and a lot of it came through guests that I've had, I now am able to, well, where I live now, I'm able to watch the sunrise every morning. So part of my connecting to nature and understanding the gift and healing and how essential it is to, to connect with nature is I watch the sunrise every morning. So uh, I have this great view from where I live every morning of the sun. So I make it my business to be here every morning when the sun rises. And sometimes it's 4.30 a.m. <laughs> this time of year. It's a, it's a reasonable 6 a.m. But um, that has become such a part of my life. And, and I have uh, traveled a lot in the past few years with plant medicines, and I have just become so profoundly aware of the absolute essential need to connect with nature, to walk barefoot. I, I, mm-hmm. I spend as much time barefoot as possible. I live near the beach, so I just get there, take my shoes off, or just sit on the beach on a regular basis. And I, I, I feel it's been a profound journey in my life at this time that I have such ready access to nature. So, so let's talk about your experience and the power and, and why we really must return to nature 
uh, in whatever way we can, even if you're living on the 20th floor in New York City, you have to do your best <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to connect with nature in some way or other. Yeah, it's there's so many things that come to mind um, listening to you. And part of it is, like, I try to connect here when I'm in New York City by noticing the moon and always trying to look up at the sky instead of everything around me and having that sense of awe and and not having ego death. I was just talking last night with some friends about ego death, but, like, how can we realize it's not about us all the time? And like you said, we are a part of nature. We always talk about ourselves as, like, humans being outside of the whole picture and we're not so having that that awe inspiring experience of the watching the moon or the sunrise um breathing in the chemicals i mean the trees there's chemistry happening in the air that we're breathing in it's this this cycle and this exchange and i mean we could go deeper into that but something that's i focus on a lot is the need for silence in the restorative nature of nature. So when you can have that gap and be on the beach, generally you're probably alone, right? You might not always be with a a friend. It's alone time. When I'm walking or go to like a park here in New York City, I'd always try to find the least populated area because we need the restoration that nature provides. And Often, like, when you go out into, quote, nature outside of the suburbs or a city, you're alone, and there's a need for that. And I think we've forgotten that as as cities have developed and become so – what's the right word? They've Everyone wants to live in the city, you know, over the past couple hundred years because that's where you make money, right, in theory. But I want to pause because I just said a bunch of – <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I've always been a nature girl, but it's just in the last few years, and a, a lot of it um, was a result of doing uh, plant medicines um, that I, I realized that that nature is is critical for our well-being, and mm-hmm. if we um, live indoors all the time under artificial light all the time with maybe artificial plants around us, and rarely go outside, really spend time to be silent. Um, we are getting disconnected on so many levels. So, yeah. so you know, bringing us, bringing us back to the place of plants and their, their, uh, their essential oils is another way that we've been gifted by nature to bring us greater sense of peace and well-being and healing, and um, so let's let's talk about essential oils. Let's talk about you know um, let's talk about what they are first of all and why they're so potent. Yeah, um, it's a really important thing to discuss because they're readily available now, especially versus like 20 years ago, even tw- uh, 10 years ago, I'd say. Essential oils are, I like this new definition of mine that I learned from a friend, artificially concentrated extracts of aromatic plants. What we do is we take like 90 kilograms of lemongrass leaves and we distill that in a traditional steam distillation unit and we get about a kilo 
of essential oil. And that's a big yield. I mean, that's actually a lot of oil. Some, some things that are different plants have less oil. But we are taking the most volatile components, volatile meaning we can smell them, they're gaseous, we can't see them. And what I like to think of when you think of an essential oil in that distillation process, we're making the invisible visible. So when you smell rose or you smell eucalyptus or you smell thyme or lemongrass, you can't put your finger on it, right? But you can detect those molecules. And when we distill this stuff, we are taking just the absolute most volatile components, tiny, tiny carbons, like 5, 10, 15 carbons per molecule, tiny. And we're, we're, we're able to capture that through this distillation process. And essential oils are called essential because they're part of that ether, part of that spirit of the plant. We can't see it. So even though essential oils are, um, they're not essential for a plant that produces them per se. They, they enhance the plant. We call it essential because of that ancient distillation process. And like I said, making the, the invisible visible. And just to, to further go on to the definition, and they're oils because they're not oily feeling, but they love oil. They have an affinity for working with cell membranes, like our skin, going into cells, um, going into cell structures. And when we work with them, um, we want to work with, like topically, like you said, you apply it maybe essential oils in a body oil. We want to dilute them in that way, but they're oil-loving. And that's one thing that makes them detectable to our nose is they, the receptors, um, they, they work in that oily way, <laughs> if that makes sense. They, they, their chemistry is such. But it's, it's fun. The definition of essential oil is kind of interesting. <laughs> well, there's so much to be said about it from the chemistry to yeah. the frequency, to the frequency, because let's, let's talk a little bit about that, you know, when you breathe in oils, now, the history of, of oils goes back thousands and thousands of years, right? I mean, they have been used in ceremonies and healing in ancient cultures for thousands of years. So there is this understanding and knowledge that um, humans have had that there is a potency mm-hmm. from oils, from essential oils of plants. Um what what's your experience? Why is it that they are so powerful in changing states and changing consciousness or you know perceptions or moods? Um, in your experience and what you've been learning and what you you know in your practice now when you work with people, what's what's your understanding of why they have such a powerful effect on how we think and feel and perceive? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really big topic that's fun to dissect because I think I like to think about it as a layer cake because when you smell this invisible stuff, you um, scent in and of itself, regardless if it's an essential oil, we uh, have memory association and we can form memories with scent. Like scent is directional. It can, it can bring us back in time and memory. And also when I say directional, it, within that memory, you can be like, hey, I'm navigating through this, you know, my neighborhood and I smell that. Oh, I know I'm in this location. You know, it's very directional in, in a sense. 
And when we work with memory, I like to think of, and I don't have a lot of experience, but it's out there. When you work with people that are, you know, later in life and maybe have dementia, and you can work with and find a scent they like, preferably an essential oil, and it makes them happy, you're changing their life at that point. So there, there's power in working with memory, which affects emotion. So just in that, there's a lot that can happen within that part of the um, scent molecules. And mm-hmm. with, within that, um, it's also powerful. I love teaching this. And if generally people like citruses, people generally have a good association with, let's say, smelling sweet orange and you'll just have people smelling for like three minutes, and you'll just see their faces beam, and you'll ask them to share what's going on, and you'll get like, summertime, my childhood, I'm thinking of grandma, and we go to the beach, and there would be all these good memories and these likes. Like when people like something, that changes their chemistry too. So I just um, was meeting with a client today, giving him his special blends that I made for him. And he's had two oils he's never smelled, but he really was liking them. And you could see his face just changing. And when we're liking something, that changes our neuroendocrine system, right? Through, like, right when you Mm -hmm. smile, you change your chemistry. (laughs) And I'm not even touching on to what's happening internally. So there's proof that when we're smelling these oils, these molecules are getting into our body as well. And there is more and more evidence that we're working with oxytocin receptors. We're working with GABA receptors. We know that essential oil components, some of them can get into the blood-brain barrier and pass through that. So we are working on a very chemical level as well. So when you hear lavender is sedative, yes, you can say placebo effect, but there is evidence that the molecules themselves can work with the nervous system to help, you know, decrease um, that that alertness. So there's a lot that happens when you smell an essential oil. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, as you you know, delve into the science and the spiritual component of oils, it's it's very profound in how it can alter our perception and access memories and just put us into different states of awareness, right? I mean, look mm-hmm. at the use of um, of incense, you know, mm-hmm. and how that's been used in temples throughout the world. Is it altering? I wanted to say before I forget that, you know, for people listening, I really would uh, encourage you to um, find a, an oil that you like, and we're going to talk about some of the preferred essential oils that he has, instead of using uh, perfumes, I mean, commercial perfumes. And, um, you know, perfumes, you know, perfumes originated out of the history and science of using essential oils, and then they've become, you know, mass manufactured and chemical fragrances that have nothing to do with the healing power of the oil. So, so before we get into some of your favorite oils for for various benefits, let's just talk about why you don't want to use an aftershave lotion, why you don't want to use an expensive perfume, and instead choose a, a blend, choose some oils that you like that you can use. 
for yourself, for your own healing and what you emanate when you're around others as well, what you're sharing with them, what those, when those molecules go out. So, so what are your thoughts about that, Amy? Oh, you're touching a huge topic. Um, and you know, the, the chemistry, This, the, only, I'm just pausing because, People, uh, we're, we've been trained in our culture, so I'll speak for the United States here, to associate smell with clean, and we want to cover up body odors, and we want to cover and disassociate ourselves from nature, to go back to the start of our conversation. And we want repeatability, right? We, if we make a product, we want it to smell the same because that's what people expect, and that's done in a lab. In, in all honesty, our body doesn't know what to do with these chemicals, all the time. Our liver has to process this. When we're smelling stuff, it's entering our bloodstream. Even if it's in minute amounts, but if that's every day, or you're spraying that synthetic cologne on, or that Axe body wash, whatever, it's getting into your bloodstream through your skin. And you, your body has to deal with that. And the synthetics, the body doesn't really recognize. You can look under a microscope, they look the same, but the body might be like, "Mm, not sure what to do with this quite yet. And they, they're just not healthy. I mean, I, ha- I like to share this. I hate that I can share this. But teaching, um, I had students that were involved in the perfume industry, and they shared that often several women couldn't get pregnant. And that just tells you there, you're really, you are messing with your neuroendocrine system. And when we can go to the plants and go to these beautifully um, – artisanally distilled, ideally, essential oils and just use minute amounts, you can have such a beautiful personalized scent um, to adorn yourself with. Your body is your temple, right? We can just change things, and it's very, it's a lot more kind to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, wanna, I, I, yeah. I just want to share something. I was meeting with an artist very recently, Chakra is his name, and um he mentioned that he's from the United Arab Emirates is one part of his lineage. And his father every day makes his own scent, just sort of a few things, not complicated, but just blends a few things kind of like you do it sounds. You take an oil or two or three and you might put it in a body oil. That's a very intimate thing to do and such a lovely thing to do for the self. So I really wanted to share that because that's just like in my conversation recently. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I, and I, I, I do want to um, emphasize that, you know, artificial fragrances are in everything. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're not natural. They are chemicals. They don't have the frequency of healing that the natural essential oils do. Everything is about a frequency. And uh, they're foreign and they're toxic. So there are so many ways to take essential oils and add them to whatever, your cleaning products, right, your laundry detergent, your whatever, <laughs> and and be able to get the benefit from these products, but also the, the healing from these true essential oils. And, 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 again, before we get into some of your recommendations, the other distinction is there are some cheap things out there that are masquerading as essential oils, but they're actually chemical fragrances. Mm-hmm. So that's something else that I want people to be aware of. You want to make sure it's pure essential oils, not fragrances. 
right? Yes. That's a really, really important distinction you're making, that um, when we're working with aromatherapy and essential oils, we are looking for genuine and authentic essential oils. If I am working with a lavender, I want to look at the Latin name. It should be on the bottle. It should be on the person's website. You want single-source botanical. You don't want perfume. You don't want fragrance. Because like you're saying, when you see perfume, fragrance, and there's other things, that means there's synthetics involved. So you want that genuine, authentic oil, single-origin plant. And I I really, it's important that I share this with um, everybody that, Essential oils, when you just give yourself the gift of open a bottle of oil, um, I say liberate it from the bottle, put a drop in a cotton pad. A genuine essential oil will have a poem. It'll be like a song where there's a dry down. You'll get some chemistry first. Other chemicals take longer to evaporate, and it should change and slowly fade. Because essential oils are made up of several chemical components. It's not just one thing. And when you smell a synthetic or something that has synthetics in it, it will have be dull. I often say metallic. It doesn't change. It's flat. It might give you a headache. So when you smell that oil, you should feel something. Something should shift in you. And I, I, this might sound whatever, but it's true. This is what I do daily. It, it's, it's there. So if you can go buy like a really honestly crappy oil uh, like Amazon go to something that's too good to be true cheap and then go to um, a different supplier that might be a little more expensive but you will smell the difference and that's important mm-hmm. it's really important to do that because your nose knows yeah <laughs> and it goes like with your saying yeah. frequency the frequency is there I have smelled artisanally distilled oils where I have cried without telling you why like it moves you, but when you smell like a flat peppermint, it, it's it's not good. You it's dead. It's deadening. So you're on it when you say everything is frequency. I, I agree. yeah, yeah. So I, I just wanted to make sure we we touch on that because um, there are so many artificial fragrances out there masquerading as essential oils or you know ingredients and things. And I mean, I just hate when uh, you know i i want a, a you know a garbage bag and it's fragrance with lemon chemicals you know? <laughs> it's like no no fragrance thank you very much um okay so let's let's talk about some of the essential oils that you think are essential that if people want to start and build a little collection where would you begin what what are those foundational oils for just overall health and well-being and then maybe some of your favorites if people want to create their own signature scent perfume this is a fun way to approach this because i want to be really honest that over the years i have really gravitated towards olfaction only or smelling only and really appreciating the oils from that olfactory way versus trying to think of them clinically like i have a toenail fungus or something like that, because the oils can be worked with very clinically that way. But to, to answer your question, which I think it's, um, it's more fun to get our heads around this this way, is to think about the plant and the plant part. And I, I love this. this. I have an, an aromatherapy chakras workshop about this that is a baby of mine. But um, there's oils from roots, and a foundational oil is vetiver. 
many people might recognize that in perfumery. Like you can look, I think, like Tom Ford vetiver. It's out there. It's a fixative in perfumery, but it's a grounding oil. It's very centering. It's cooling. It's soothing. And when you smell one, it's from the roots of a grass. It's from India generally or Haiti. It's it's lovely. Um, there's other roots out there, but that's kind of a foundational one in aromatherapy and more easily easy to find. And you mentioned and that's vetiver. Yes, vetiver or vetiver, some people might say. Yes, people haven't heard of it. V e t i v e r vetiver. Can I just jump in and say I read somewhere that vetiver is really good for helping children with autism, and I I was in a cafe and I was talking to the barista and she had a son that had you know learning disabilities autism. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I mentioned vetiver. Because I just read about it, that it might be beneficial, and she tried it, and she said it was amazing. Calmed him down. He just felt, you know, he just became transformed from Mm -hmm. using and and smelling vetiver. Yeah, um, I've met some people in my teaching and practice that it can be beneficial for post-traumatic stress disorder as well. So we're really looking to nurture the parasympathetic nervous system. So when I can, and vetiver really holds and supports people in that way. It's not very excitable. You know, I might not want to give that individual of this child like frankincense. And that's one thing that's important about this essential oils. If someone doesn't like the oil, don't try to force them to use it. If they're like, if they make a face, we can always find another oil. So that's important too, because maybe scent is a trigger. So let's say for that child um, or someone else, if you're just like, hey, let me present you these three oils and they really resonate with one of them, we're like, that's it. We're going with that one. So it's, mm-hmm. there's, always, there's this whole palette to choose from, which is really cool. Because <laughs> like you said, you yeah. have like at least 100 oils and I'm up there too. I have, I think, over 300 like different types and things. Um, but yeah, vetiver is a, a classic in aromatherapy. It's, it's, it's a nice part of a toolkit, and it's very, a little goes a long way. Um, we can look at the woods, too. So many people know cedar wood, Cedrus atlantica, is a, or Cedrus deodora, I'm giving the Latin name. Here in North America, we have a non-true cedar that's um, Juniperus virginiana, but many people, we call it cedar wood here on the East Coast. And when we look at the woods, when you smell them, we're thinking, think about we're taking the heartwood of the tree. There's sandalwood there in, in there too and uh, others. Ground, it's um, stabilizing, centering, giving you structure, not really that sedative, but like giving you that container like the, the, a tall tree, you know, and um, – that's a way to think about blending oils. And I learned this from my teachers. But, and it's very, it's very helpful when you're like, what oil do I choose to you know, choose? So roots for rooting and holding and supporting. The, the woods for centering and give you a, giving a structure, giving you a conduit. Um, we can think of the resins. So frankincense, myrrh. Uh, Elemi is one that um, was just in my client's blend. Elemi is uh, generally from the Philippines. But generally the resins, um, especially like frankincense and Elemi, they touch your third eye. They are 
expanding, they're clarifying to the mind. So instead of like navel gazing and you want to connect with out and go outwards, you can really go for the resins in that sense. Um, I can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about a few more. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, We can also turn to the flowers. So there's not many actual florals of aromatherapy because by definition we work with essential oils and flowers are so delicate they just don't stand up to that process. But that doesn't mean we can't work with um, some things like rose. We can have rose essential oil. There's Elan Elan or people say Elang Elang. It's often called poor man's jasmine. very lovely floral. Another true flower is neroli. Some people might be familiar with that from perfumery. Um, and these, that's a good, you know, we can work in threes that way. Three is good. Generally, flowers are very sensual for supporting the sensuality of yourself and the sensual nature of life. But also, especially rose, is heart chakra. Um, and the many petals, and jasmine can fall in there too, sensual but rising into the heart chakra too, self-love, self-compassion, and allowing yourself to help radiate that energy outward and have a conduit for the in and out, me and you, right? You're kind of forgetting about us and them. It's me and you, me and the universe. Um, let me see. So flowers. I, I have to say, I have to say, Amy, I am uh, right now, uh, crazy about neroli. Uh, mm. that for me, that that scent just creates such a sense of um, well-being. I, I, in, in, we all have our favorite scents, and they change over time. But uh, right now, <laughs> neroli. What, so where is what does neroli come from? What what's the origin of neroli? Yeah, neroli is the, um, generally, it's from the bitter orange tree. So uh, uh, citrus orantium variety amara or bitter. But we can get, um, you can distill and try to get orange blossoms too. But neroli is technically from the bitter orange tree. So amazing scent. Yeah, for me, it's very, it's it's very special, and um, all you need is one little drop, right? And you can just transform your yeah. your how you feel. Um, and I want to just give a shout out to some of the floral scents. They're not really flowers, but I just put up a, a piece on Palmarosa, and that's um, Symbopogon martinii is the Latin name, uh, but it's a cousin of lemongrass, but it is very Oh, it's all about self-compassion. It smells a little rosy, but again, it's a grass. But it has these qualities of being a little floral, very parasympathetic, very digestive, helps you get into your body and kind of has self-compassion and love for the self. So you could tell I'm kind of all about Palmarosa right now. (laughs) I've been spending a lot of time with it. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all, we kind of move around as we, as we, you know, change and shift or whatever's going on. Uh, and when you're using oils, you just get drawn to certain ones. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's let's talk about some of the oils that people can use for dealing with um, stress or, uh, you know, um, maybe purifying space. Uh, what what are some of your favorite oils that people can use to 
bring into their daily life that have a you know specific benefit for their health or well-being or creating a, a healthy environment? Yeah, that's a, um, a, a difficult question because it's like the answer is it depends. So I want to draw attention to the citruses. So if you um, like want to diffuse or make a room spray or bring just general uplift in your life and do like cleansing, you can cleanse the space with the citrus if you diffuse, let's say, and they're very uh, accessible. You can find them easily. So lemon, um, sweet orange, uh, you could get really expensive and get yuzu, which is like very expensive citrus. But, you know, lemon, you can start there and just clarify and cleanse. You can turn to the conifer trees, and they're, they're global, right? So in North America, we have so many like Scott's pine, hemlock, spruce. We, there's just a list, but we can find them globally of cleansing and clarifying if you're into the, the conifer smells, the pine smells. For further clarifying, you could turn to like frankincense to bring that clarity of mind you know, and it really depends, like, there's so many oils, like rosemary's coming to mind, or eucalyptus. It's like, how do you feel and what do you need? And is it, um, this can seem over- overwhelming as I'm saying all this. So one thing I encourage folks to do, and it's hard because we are a global society, is stay local. So for me, I'm trying to focus on local aromatic plants um, to, to be mindful of sustainability and things like that. So... Um, Earlier, I just mentioned the juniper tree, the, excuse me, Juniperus virginiana or cedarwood here in the U.S. It's a very sacred tree here, and it's very stabilizing and has really grounding and settling energy. So I'm giving you a, like, it depends answer, but um, it's like go and smell a bunch of oils. I'll, I'll give a rundown of some classics to try. Maybe you can get a sample kit from someplace or maybe there's a place where you can go, like your Whole Foods or something like that, to, to smell oils. Definitely get a citrus in your life. Many people find them very familiar. We cook with them. We you know put them in our water, like squeeze lemon. I encourage you to get like a one that's bright and fresh, like I mentioned, the eucalyptus or the rosemary. There's a lot of evidence for them to be beneficial for breathing, the actual respiratory system, clearing the mind. There's research on rosemary is good for the mind, good for clarifying and memory mm-hmm. retention. Um, I want to give a shout out to rose geranium. Uh, that could, could be mm-hmm. a familiar to many people. It could be... Um, that's a very balancing oil, balancing if you have it on the skin. It modulates the mood. I find when I have it in my life, my edginess is gone. You know, here in New York, I'll walk around like, oh, someone has cut me off. But a rose <laughs> geranium can, is a balancer in that way to balance the mood. Um, let's see more greatest hits. We already talked about frankincense. Lavender is a go-to. Um yeah, I was going to say lavender. How about lavender? Yeah, lavender is a great one. It is lavare to wash, lavandula to cleanse. It is a great cleanser. It's an all-purpose go-to for calming. And if you get lavandula, um, angustifolia is the one you want to work with generally. That's the one that you might find if you do a drop on a cotton pad at night and put it on your pillow. That may help you go to sleep. Um, so... I mean, there's so many others I can look at my oils and share, but I kind of gave some greatest hits there. 
because they can get really out yeah. there and esoteric, but I don't want to do that. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right. But one I want to share that's I mean, really it's, beneficial, that is super helpful, is ginger oil. Many of us cook with ginger. It's a great, like, panacea. It's a healer. And ginger, I, no joke, when I eat too much or get bloated, let's say I ate too many lentils, I will go home and smell from my ginger bottle. I will smell ginger mm-hmm. for, like, three minutes, and my, and my bloatedness goes away. So there is a real oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, and there's, this is the thing about the oils is they work with our neuroendocrine system. So through aroma, you can work with digestion. Many people smell citruses and they start to salivate. So you're like turning on the GI tract, and this is through olfaction. It's really powerful. Yeah, so interesting. Um, yeah. I, I I did want to ask you um, about using essential oils for children and mm-hmm. and can um can we use them when uh, you know I have a I have a newborn in my family <laughs> and um uh, I was thinking of giving uh them some essential oils and maybe uh you know uh, some essential oils and and some body products or babies or and then I was thinking maybe I should send them a distiller with some oils but I I didn't really know what is recommended for very young newborns and toddlers what what are what are your thoughts about that yeah that's a really important conversation and i am of the school of no essential oils um with a newborn with anyone under the age of three and they're Mm -hmm. just so so potent and yes like you mentioned before we have body products things are used in that way so if there is um, a reason, like a, an occasion to, to work with oils with a very young one, not on the body, um, it could be done really diluted, like it's really diluted. Like you have to just, just a whisper of an oil. Um, but what be nice, I'm just thinking right now what could be interesting is if you wanted to bring soothing into the nursery, it might be interesting for the caretaker to like maybe mist their, their hair with um, like chamomile and lavender, and then you hold the baby. So the aroma is in the room, but it's not on the baby because, you know, it's, you want to soothe, but these, this is intense you know, intense stuff that we're working with. So I've been trained, and I, I do stick to it, that no essential oils with newborns, young ones, and you kind of wait until three years old, and then you want to go super diluted. Um, we can talk dilution rates, but you're looking at, like, an ounce of oil, you know, like carrier oil. You put, like, one drop of essential oil in that ounce. Like, uh, really, well, I'm glad really I asked. Gentle. So, not, yeah. so it wouldn't even be a good idea to do, like, diaper, you know, creams and things like that that have some oils that nothing, nothing, everything should be fragrance-free for I, toddlers. And ideally, yeah, and, like, atmospherically could be interesting. Um, and this is why I'm a big advocate for just having our, going back to nature, enriching ourselves by, like, cooking with the herbs. When the baby has a toothache, you might, like, take chamomile tea bags, you know, and, and work with the herb itself rather than the essential oil. Um, it's mm-hmm. just really concentrated stuff. Um, and it's powerful. Yeah. Like, just to shift our adult consciousness, we just need that one drop of oil on a cotton pad or smelling from the bottle or in 
little whiff of our perfume to really shift. So I'm glad you asked. But I do want to give a shout out to folks. Um, I, I don't think the global community knows too much that there are professional organizations out there for safety guidelines. So here in the United States, we have the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy, and we also have the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. I'm a member of both. I'm the current New York State rep of the AIA. But please know you can go to those websites and get really solid safety guidelines information on a lot of good stuff um, if, if you have questions. And then you can always explore further. But I want to be yeah. sure to share that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm glad I asked that question because I had no idea that you really don't want to use essential oils for children under three. That was, I'm glad we had that conversation. Who knew? Yeah, me too. It's, it's a, again, a good guideline. There's a, you can always bend the rules, but it's just a good guideline. Um, so not like daily use, but if there's a special need, um, okay. it could be, could be interesting. I, Ooh. So any other contraindications for people to know about if they want to get into oils or there are certain oils or certain times or certain conditions or any anything else that might be helpful so we can uh, know when to use and how much and where? <laughs> yeah, that's a huge topic. Um, and generally we want – it's when you're topically applying the oils that you really, really want to be aware. Like – a classic one we learn is that like fennel essential oil, it's estrogenic or estrogen-like, and it can help enhance you know breast milk production. It's a proven thing. You can like drink fennel tea, and and you can work that way. But if you have um, like estrogen-dependent issues with your body, you don't really want to have fennel oil every day. You know you don't you don't want to go there. But I I do want to take this opportunity to stress that when you smell the oils. You're only getting those little bits. So when you work through olfaction only or really diluted, like a d drop of perfume, it's not as, you know, you don't really have to be that concerned when you're working through inhalation. Um, but generally speaking, for the average individual, the oils in general, like the ones I mentioned, rose geranium, frankincense, rosemary, cedar wood, not really of a big concern. Don't don't be afraid of that. Peppermint is in there as well. Um, contraindications. Even I will have to do references if I met someone that was on like serotonin reuptake inhibitors. I might have to just cross reference some safety data. But again, I want to stress smell only, or if you're just wearing some like lovely perfume, nicely diluted oils, not a huge deal. Um, when you're just out there buying kind of the classic oils that, like I mentioned. So I hope that puts your mind yeah. at ease. <laughs> yeah. 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 If people just want to, um, you know, just slowly explore or just get one or two oils that they can mm -hmm. use either um, as a perfume or put in their, you know, cleaning products or put in a body oil. I mean, I, I do love um, putting in these oils in my morning. I, you know, I have some shea butter and coconut oil. I blend up and I use it as a massage oil every morning. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, it's it's choosing it's choosing the oils I want to put in it, and it's just you know, it's a fun thing to do. It's a nice ritual to do in the morning. Yes, and it's it's such a gift to give yourself, and like. The thing about essential oils is, you know, like you're, you see with yourself, like less is more. You don't need to use a lot of it, and it's a nice way to just enhance life. So um, it's kind of a mantra is like less is always more. So when you're out there, folks, like looking to explore oils, don't think that more is better. And um, I, I was just attended a conference a few weeks ago, and it just comes up again and again. Like people hear that like lavender oil is calming but um, if you give too much to somebody, it could actually give you the opposite effect. And that much is just so irritating. And, um, yeah, that's – I could go into – there's some folks with ADHD, um, or I should say autism, excuse me, I misspoke, that lavender can actually be very irritating to them. Um, so just you always start with the least amount possible and see what's happening. And you can benefit yeah. a lot. <laughs> Yeah. 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 You know, just becoming aware of smells. There, there are times I'm in. Uh, I'm going. I'm in an elevator, and and someone has just been in that elevator, and the 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 molecules of their perfume <laughs> remain. You know, yeah. they're long gone. But boy, yeah. I walk in and I went, oh, you know, <laughs> and it's always a you know some commercial. <laughs> perfume I'm smelling, but it's like those molecules are still hanging around yeah. in that space. It's, it's, so, it's, it's so it's so interesting to use that sense of smell and have that awareness of what's going on around you, for better or for worse. You know? No, it, it's, it's like, true. Oh, no, I don't want to breathe those molecules in. <laughs> Give me the real deal. Yeah, the, the real deal will fade away, and it won't like hang <laughs> around and make you cringe and make you sick, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So I you know but I wanna just tell us more it. tell us yeah. Oh Amy, before we go, we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but I want people to know more about you and what you are offering in your services. Yeah, thank you. Um I could talk forever as you thanks for pointing out the time. Um please <laughs> please find me. Um I, I'm a big resource. I'm passionate about sharing and education and getting to love the plants and know the plants. So on my website NYC Aromatica, you'll find videos of me with plants and talking about the essential oils and being with the plant. I have articles written about the plants. I have free and pay what you wish classes to get to learn how to like make your own cream and how do you put essential oils in that? How do I make a spritzer? How do I diffuse essential oils? So I have classes on that. Again, some free and some are pay what you wish. Um, and then consultations I only do in person in New York City. Um, but I want to share that my podcast, I have a very special pet project. This year I'm putting it out there. Every new moon I'm putting out Luna Aroma. So I guide you through seasonal themes here in New York. You know, it's different where you are in different parts of the world, of course. And then I guide you. I have a guided aromatic encounter. I just did one with lemongrass and palmarosa this past uh, new moon and I guide you through the oil and the themes and how to work with um, things so it's a way to connect with nature so I'm very happy to share that with the universe <laughs> oh that sounds like fun I, I love that you uh, offer as you call them pay as you wish so basically 
people can use donate whatever they want to to you for the for the experience and for, for the class you're offering. Yes, for thank you for several classes. Um, yeah, because the information's there, and um, yeah, I, I just want to share. And I know time's running out. Like, it's, I want essential oils and aromatherapy to be accessible to people. So that's why I'm grateful to be on with you on your show. I want to spread the word and talk about what we've talked about. So it's um, I want it to be accessible and understandable to people, to the best of my ability. I want it to well, be accessible. But yeah. That's such a beautiful mission, right? Because you're here as a healer and you definitely are on purpose, on your spiritual purpose in this life. And uh, what a beautiful, beautiful way to do that. I, I think it's um, such a, a blessing to have, have the plants, <laughs> plants have found you. They must be put up with you because uh, it, it's just a profound way to really receive the healing frequencies, the healing energies of nature. When I think about oils, it's just uh, such a, uh, you know, a lovely way to uh, bring those, um, those, those energies into your life in a simple way, and we can do it on a daily basis. And it becomes a, a ritual. I mean, I do it every day, and I, you know, I knew we were doing our conversation. I put my diffuser on, you know, uh, so I'm ready to go for you, Amy. I love you know? it. I <laughs> and, love and it. And just get into this energy of nature. You know, I, again, it's all about connecting back to nature, and there are many ways to do that. And uh, essential oils are such a profound vehicle, such a gift we've received from nature, aren't they? I mean, they really are a gift from nature. They are, and the the art and poetry of distillation and uh, um, on like parting words to make the invisible visible, I think is just such a wonderful way to approach the oils and respect them and just be in, I'll dare say awe of awe. You know, like, it's just amazing. Like, I love what I do. I'm like, pinch me. Like, I get to do this and talk about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is a blessing to have found your path. It is such a blessing. So, um, Amy's website is NYC Aromatica. NYC, like New York City, NYC Aromatica.com. Check it out. Wow, so many wonderful resources you're offering, Amy. I'm just going to go up there and suck it all in and get the benefits and breathe it all in. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and just thank you for the, the wonderful work you're doing and for the passion you have to share these healing, you know, these healing scents with people around the world. So, uh, again, thanks so much for being with us and uh, wishing you the greatest success and um, bringing the, you know, the smells of nature <laughs> into people's lives for health and healing and happiness. So um, all the best to you, Amy. Thanks again for your time and your wisdom today. Cheryl, I really appreciate that um, you spent time with me and giving my voice amplification. I thank you so much. Yes, my pleasure. And to all of you listening, thanks again. Go find a special oil if you have a bunch of oils that may be sitting there in the back of your drawer. Bring them out. Use them. If you don't have any oils, Go hunt for some special ones for you. They're easily available. 
And until next time, uh, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman. You're listening to The Love Coast. Bye for now.